Have you at any point stopped to think about everything that has happened in 2020? I, this whole week I've been thinking about, and it's been a lot. Let me see if I can remember some stuff. You might remember some stuff that I haven't. So uh, the most obvious one is COVID-19, right? It reached the, 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 um, the Northwest, and before we knew it, it was spreading across our country. Uh, so much so, some of you, this means a lot to you. St. Patty's Day parades were canceled, right? You remember that? Uh, and then uh, stay-at-home orders were put in place. And um, um, shutdowns happened. And, and due to all of that, uh, by April, food pantries all over the country were having uh, long lines outside and they were running out of food. And it was just, a, it's been a hectic year, COVID being the biggest one of those. Then there's also, do you remember earlier this year, we were on the brink of war with Iran? And then uh, let's see if these names bring up anything within you. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Trayford Pellerin, their death caused uh, uh, so much uh, conversation and so many protests and uh, uh, pushed for so much uh, reform all across the country. What about this? The, the Pentagon released videos of UFOs earlier this year. And I'm afraid of aliens. So uh, just movies with aliens, videos with aliens, all that stuff just creeps me out. So uh, that was a, a tough part of the year for me. And then uh, in June... Two dams burst in Michigan, and it's estimated that there was about $175 million in damage. Hundreds of people lost their homes, uh, lost uh, everything that they had. What about this? This summer, we were supposed to uh, celebrate the Olympics, and that got postponed. And it's expected that it's going to cost about $2 billion just to push it back one year. Speaking of sports, remember when the women's national soccer team uh, had a court case asking for equal pay, uh, saying that uh, they were more successful than their male counterparts, but were getting paid significantly less. And their court case was completely dismissed. And uh, there was a lot of uh, frustration that came with that. That was all over the news for a while. You know, there's also, we were in a presidential year, uh, a presidential election year, and so um, there was all the uh, debates and uh, all the arguing and all, all that stuff. Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. President Trump was diagnosed with COVID. And then you, you can probably make the connection between all these names. Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, Naya Rivera, Alex Trebek, Regis Philbin, Diego Maradona, Sean Connery, Eddie Van Halen, this is a small list of celebrities who lost their lives in 2020, and there's many more. 2020 also saw 29 named storms this hurricane season, which beat the record which was held since 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit the New Orleans area. Then uh, I, was, I remembered this one earlier uh, last night, uh, the fires on the West Coast that, that destroyed tons of land more than ever before then, uh, remember at one point uh, there was a Sahara uh, dust storm that reached, came across the ocean and reached us. I remember there was a lot of cool pictures that people posted of the sky, different colors. And don't forget the murder hornets that are still affecting parts of the country today. And those are just things that have affected us here in the U.S. right now. I mean, think about it. There was an Ebola outbreak in Africa. There was swarms of locusts in Kenya. Uh, the Australian wildfires. Brexit happened. Uh, the Tehran plane crash that killed 170-something passengers. 
And Puerto Rico had 11 magnitude five or greater uh, uh, earthquakes in the last year. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that has happened in 2020. Friends, we have been through a lot. And here's the reality about this view, this, this list. It's just a bird's eye view of everything that's happened. I mean, I'm sure there's things on this list that, that I completely forgot about that you are remembering right now. So much stuff has happened in the world. But let's be real. This list is just, a, 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 like I said, a bird's eye view of everything that's happened in the world. But in your personal lives, in your personal journeys, in your day-to-day, your list is probably just as big, if not greater, than this one. All of us have had to deal through a lot, personally deal with a lot this year. Some lost your jobs or were furloughed. Some have experienced sickness like never before. Some of you have experienced struggles in your marriages or your relationships. Some have had to say goodbye to loved ones. Some had to learn to work from home while also making sure that their kids get an education. Some of you moved cities. Some of you moved to Baton Rouge in the middle of a pandemic And I've had to figure out how to make friends in the midst of this uh, crazy season we're living in. Some of you have had to live birthdays and holidays and uh, anniversaries and celebrations without friends and family there. Some of you even started college this year. And I've had to figure out how to make friends in the midst of uh, this pandemic completely changing the way we do gatherings. It has been a difficult year for all of us, for every single one of us. Which is why I think today's scripture reading is very fitting. The text that I chose for today comes from the lectionary, and it's, it's out of the Gospel of Mark. Now, let me stop here for a second, because I just used a very churchy word. So I know that not everyone knows what the word lectionary means, so, so let me explain. I'm just going to be honest with you. For the next couple of minutes, I'm going to get really nerdy. Um, I can get nerdier, but I'm going to get really nerdy. And um, I just, I just want to be able to, to explain what, what's happening here. So the lectionary is a collection of uh, scriptures that have been put by some really smart people across uh, uh, different denominations and faith traditions. And, and it's basically pre-selected scriptures that take you through the entire calendar, Christian calendar year. So every Sunday you get um, um, lectionary texts, which include, um, that's the Old Testament. They include a Psalm, they include a New Testament text, and they include a gospel text. And, and basically, if, if you're at a church and you're the pastor, um, you, can, you can grab the lectionary and say, uh, I'm going to pick these um, you know, these are the texts. Do I want to read all of them? Do I want to read one of them? Do, you know, but they're all centered around the same theme. They're all centered around the same topic and they all celebrate the same Christian holidays together. And so uh, the lectionary, like I said, it's like a pre-selected scriptures for us. And in order to avoid using the same scriptures every year, there's, there's three sets of lectionaries. There's year A, year B, and year C. And currently we're in year B. Now this isn't the lectionary itself, but it's a it's a, a revised common lectionary called Feasting on the Word. It's one of my favorites. And it just gives you, um, uh, it gives you different uh, interpretations of the text. And we're in year B, and this is really important. Uh, I think it's important. Again, I'm nerding out. Um, our Christian calendar begins the first week of Advent. So this is the second week of the new year. So we're in year B, and according to these, we're in volume one, because we just started the Christian 
uh, year. So like I said, every Sunday you get the lectionary, there's four texts to pick from, and uh, you pick one or you pick all of them and, and then you preach and the church studies it together. So um, let me give you an example. So for this Sunday, uh, which is the second Sunday of Advent, you, let's see, it's right at the beginning. So we got, we have four texts that are suggested to us. There's a text from Isaiah, which is the Old Testament. There's a scripture from the Psalms. There's a New Testament scripture from 2 Peter. And then there's a gospel from the a scripture from the Gospel of Mark, which is what we're reading today. Uh, and so we just do that every single day, every, every single Sunday, every single holiday. Uh, you know, we have texts for uh, Sundays, for Christmas Eve, for Christmas Day, uh, for the Day of Epiphany. Uh, you think of it, it's, it's in these. And so um, the lectionary for this, for today was from the Gospel of Mark. And, and I find it very interesting that the, the, the text we're reading comes from this gospel. Let me, let me explain why. Again, I'm getting really nerdy today, but many scholars believe that the Gospel of Mark was written around 70 CE. And, and uh, if there's any history nerds, I just want to make sure to, to dot all my uh, I's and cross all my T's. So it's believed that Mark, the disciple, died in about 67, 68, uh, but this gospel was written in 70. So it's believed that uh, whoever the author was decided to use the name of Mark uh, in order for this gospel to have some credibility in it. And so um, this gospel was written in about 70 C, uh, uh, CE, which would have been about 37 to 40 years after Jesus uh, died. And um, if you remember... After Jesus died, uh, he, right, he died, he rose, he ascended into heaven, and he promised that he would return and that all things would be restored and everything would be the way it was supposed to be. And so after Jesus died and rose from the dead, the, the, the Jesus followers were very excited. They were full of hope and anticipation and joy because after all, Jesus was going to come back. And in their minds, when Jesus come back, Rome was going to be defeated, uh, the kingdom was going to be restored, and things would be the way they were supposed to be all along. And so in 70 CE, turmoil has happened. Things have been turned upside down for the Israelites. See, almost 40 years after Jesus died and was resurrected, uh, things went from bad to worse. So much so that there started to be large-scale revolts uh, on the side of the Israelites, uh, just attacking Roman citizens. They were fighting for, for, for the, the kingdom of Israel to be restored, for them to have control of their land, for them to, to be in charge of that area. Religious tension began to grow. More and more taxes were imposed on the Israelite people. Tension got so bad that eventually Rome executed about 6,000 Jewish people. And to top it all off, they destroyed the temple, the most sacred space and spot for the Jewish people. I mean, this tension between the two completely erupted in about uh, at, uh, like 66, 67 CE. And it just started this massive war, this war between the, the, the Romans and the Jewish people. And, and by 70 CE, the Romans had completely defeated the Israelites. Rome had proven that they were the stronger ones, that, that they had more resources. Israel was completely defeated. 
the Jewish people, these revolts, these, these rebellions that they had were completely squashed. And, and Rome once again proved that they were in charge and nobody was going to get rid of them. I mean, think about it. Jesus comes to earth. He, he has this amazing life. He, he dies on a cross. He's resurrected. He ascends into heaven and says, I will return and make things better. And 40 years later, things are worse. Not better, they're worse. So bad that this rebellion, this spark of hope that they were holding on to, has been completely defeated. What a blow to the Jewish community. I mean, how hard would it have been for them to hold on to hope in the midst of that? They, they, this was felt like this probably felt like a last shot at at at, at everything being restored and. It just all falls apart. Can you imagine how difficult that must have been for them? It's 40 years, Jesus. How long do we have to wait? It's been 40 years and things are worse. It's been 40 years and we don't see any sign of things getting any better. You see, not only has Jesus not returned, Rome has defeated the rebellion and they're left in a worse place. They've had a pretty bad year. Pretty bad, a couple of years, actually. Now, can you relate to that? Can you relate to the fact that nothing is going as planned, that nothing is getting better? Can you relate to this idea of wishing that things were better, but nothing is happening? I mean, I still remember back in March when we said we're gonna postpone our launch for a couple of weeks, but, but we'll get started soon. And here we are, months later, getting ready to celebrate Christmas in a couple of weeks and the new year after that, and, and we're still worshiping online. And don't get me wrong, a lot of good things have happened, but, but we, we, back in March, we thought this will just be temporary. And yet we're still here in the midst of this virus, in the midst of social distancing, in the midst of all of these struggles things are still not great for all of us. Things aren't back to normal. Things aren't the way they're supposed to be. We had hoped things would be better by now. I mean, let's be honest, they were supposed to be better by now, but they're not. We're still here waiting, holding on to hope that something will get better. See, here's why I think the gospel of Mark is so important. In the middle of their difficulty, in the middle of being defeated by Rome, in the middle of losing the temple, in the middle of seeing so many of their people executed, in the middle of so much stuff that they've had to deal with, somebody sat down and began to write this gospel. In the middle of, of losing hope, somebody sat down and began to write this gospel and began it by writing these words. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. Think about it. In 70 CE, after the, the, the Jewish people have been defeated, people have been executed, their temple has been destroyed, they went from bad to worse. In the middle of all of that, somebody decides to write this. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. That's verse one of the gospel of Mark, chapter one, verse one. Let me read it again. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. 
See, I think the author of this text understood something very important in the middle of all the stuff he was dealing with, in the middle of all the defeat, in the middle of losing hope, in the middle of all uh, such a difficult time for the Jewish people. He held on to two things. I want you to catch what he says at the very beginning. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. See, right when things got really bad, what the author decided to do is let's go back to Jesus. Let's remember Jesus. Let's remember Jesus' story. In the middle of this darkness, in the middle of this difficult time, he made it a point to begin to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, in the middle of your darkness, in the middle of your struggles, in the middle of how difficult 2020 has been, we have to remember Jesus and we have to keep telling others about Jesus. In the midst of darkness, telling people of Jesus can bring light into the darkness. Because Jesus defeats all things. Jesus is brighter than any darkness. See, for him, telling the world about Jesus was the best thing he could do in the middle of such sorrow and despair and hope, in the middle of such difficult year. He begins to tell the story of Jesus. Friends, we too are being called to not just remember the story of Jesus, but to tell the story of Jesus, in this, uh, especially in the face of a year as difficult as this one. The second thing he says is he says, um, he says this, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. Now, this was very important because what, what the author does is he goes back to the prophets. And if, if you know about the prophets, I told you this is a, a nerdy sermon for me. So when he goes back to the prophets, what the prof, who the prophets were, where they were, they were a whole bunch of people who um, the Israelites were, were you know, their, their, their normal pattern was they would follow God. All things would be good. They would forget about God. They would start doing things their way. Everything would fall apart. And then a prophet would show up and say, repent of your ways, turn back to God. And they would repent of their ways. They would turn back to God. Everything would get better. And then they'd repeat that whole cycle over and over again. But, but the prophets were the people who would say, hey, everything fell apart. Go back to, to following Jesus, right? Everything fell apart. Go back to following God. Everything fell apart. It's, it, start putting your trust in God again. You see, this author begins his, his, uh, this whole gospel of Mark. He begins by saying, um, this is the beginning of the story of Jesus, right? He tells the story of Jesus. And he says, it's just as the prophets foretold. And I think he's doing two things here. I think one, he's affirming his own text, right? This is the, peop- the person I'm about to tell you about, Jesus, is the same prophet that the, the same uh, Messiah that the prophets talked about. But I think he's also holding on to another thing. I think he's saying, look, the prophets proclaimed of this Messiah for so many years. And eventually he came. And I think he wanted his audience to capture that same of uh, hope and anticipation, Yes, we've been waiting for 40 years and we might have to wait longer, but Jesus will come. Jesus will overcome this. Jesus will make things better. Friends, as we continue to journey through this Advent season, I want you to remember these two things through through all of this Advent season and hopefully even beyond that. In the midst of sorrow, despair, struggle, fear, in the midst of defeat, in the midst of feeling completely overwhelmed, in the, midst of, in the midst of anxiety and depression, in the midst of everything that has been difficult this year. 
Keep remembering Jesus. Keep telling the world about Jesus. Keep hoping and, and, and holding on to this fact. It's a fact that Jesus will come back. And keep holding on to hope, knowing that Jesus will make things better. You see, I think the biggest thing about this gospel is that in the face of uh, the Israelites' major defeats against Rome, what, what the author is trying to say is, this is not the way the story is going to end. In the face of their biggest defeat, he decides to write a narrative that's reminding the Jewish people that life is about to be very different. And I think the same is true for you and I. As we get closer and closer to Christmas, as we get closer and closer to the new year, things might not feel right. Things might still be um, up in the air. Things might still be a struggle. But know this, things are not going to end this way. Things will get better. Friends, I pray that uh, this Advent season, uh, today on the second week of Advent, but, but also this Advent season, I pray that you may hold on to hope. I hope that you may uh, keep clinging to Jesus. And I hope that in the midst of how difficult 2020 has been, I hope you will know that things will get better. They have to. I know they will. I hope we may hold on to that promise. Amen. Will you join me in prayer? Gracious loving God, I, I give you thanks. God, we have been through a lot this year. At times, probably more than we can even handle. But God, through all of it, your promises remain true. And you can still help us overcome all things. So God, in the midst of how difficult this year has been, may we keep holding on to you. May we keep clinging to you. May we keep telling uh, of you to the world. May we keep putting our hope and our trust in you. Because God, you will never fail us nor forsake us. Because God, just as the Israelites held on hope for you, they hoped in you and trusted in you and turned to you over and over and over again, no matter how long they had to wait. God, we choose to do the same today. God, I pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen.